Hey folks, here we are. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, the 27th of January. You realize the first month of the new year is almost behind us. There are so many things happening around us and, and I, I apologize for being here. It is two o'clock, not 12 o'clock, but I'm in a conference for the next three days. Today, tomorrow and Friday goes all day till like nine o'clock at night. Uh, great, great educational things for myself uh, to learn how to serve you better. It's about a software program called Truth Concepts, uh, and it absolutely mathematically proves everything that I teach. So it's very important. And, and they just broke for lunch, so I wanted to get in here. It's two o'clock. Uh, it'll be 2 o'clock again tomorrow and 2 o'clock again on Friday. Uh, so we're going to change the format a little bit. Instead of noon, 2 o'clock. I'm Tom Young. Here we are. Money Ships. We're, we're here for finding the truth. Building the opportunity, not just in our pocketbook, but in our lives. Changing the future. As we start every presentation, I want to start today, the same as always, with prayers for everybody that has been affected by COVID, uh, and that literally includes everybody around the world. So there it is. We want to pray for those who have lost loved ones uh, and the tough times that some had that they couldn't even pay last respects at a funeral before they were buried. Uh, those are hard times for anybody that has lost a loved one family member or, or whatever. We also pray for those who have been lost, that the Lord would open his arms and take them into his heaven above. God bless. As we as we continue on today, I, I'm going to jump around a little bit today because I just went through a training session and, and it leads to a story. You know, when we talk about money and creating financial well-being, there are a lot of parts to this financial well-being thing. Uh, it includes everything. It includes us personally, financially, uh, physically, spiritually, uh, business-wise, because we are all, all business owners. You may not see yourself that way, but that was the purpose of writing the book, The CFO Project, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project because all of us trade time for money in some way. We bring it home and we have to manage it well, because if you don't, then you go through life not liking things, you have a bad attitude, you end up with little or nothing, and you fall into that category of acceptable level of mediocrity, because eventually, somewhere out in the future, you, you, you give up on all those things. You give up on your dreams. The more chronologically gifted be we become, the more we give up our dreams. The, the world around us, and, and I want to share this with you because I, I want to make an important point. If I go back a long time ago, I guess we're talking 40 years ago now, back in the 1980s, when inflation appeared to skyrocket to over 15% in 1979 and 80, 
which led to unbelievable interest rates in the marketplace. I had clients at that time go get a 30-year fixed rate mortgage and it was 16%. So during the decade of the 80s, things were crazy. Prime interest rate went to 21.5%. So business people that were borrowing money, they were looking at a 23, 24% annual interest rate. I don't know how you would survive that. I mean, insurance companies, they come out with this new product called Universal Life, which means you lose, which still applies today to all of these universal life variable universal life, indexed universal life, it means variable you lose or <laughs> indefinitely you lose. I, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's term insurance and savings of some kind and term insurance doesn't work if you want coverage to last until your life expectancy. Not going to go there today. But at the end of the decade of the 80s, interest rates were really high. 1987, the savings and loans in America went bankrupt. And they had FSLIC, the same as banks have FDIC, that's insurance through the government, to protect depositors. And there was a limit on how much money they protected. But anyway, the savings and loans went bust. And, and that was caused by our wonderful legislators, Congress and the Senate, they passed some laws, changed the tax code, and they sort of cut the head of the chicken off boom, right there. Uh, it's another story for another day. I'm not going to go into that today because I want to make a point about the interest rates. So all of a sudden, banks and savings and loans had sort of merged together in the way they do business and were doing things pretty much the same. Banking deregulation started in 1970 to, to de-escalate and eventually savings and loans and banks were doing the same kind of business. So if the savings and the loans got in trouble, that means the banks were going to get in trouble right behind them. So by 1990, three years after the savings and loans collapsed, there were three big banks in America, major banks that had run out of money and were going to collapse. And if they had, they were so big, they would have bankrupted the FDIC, the same as the savings and loans bankrupted the FSLIC, and savings and loans went out of business. Greenspan was appointed the head of the Federal Reserve, and he created a plan to save the banks. Here's a story. In 1990, you go to the bank and, and you ask the banker, look, I, I want to borrow some money. And the banker says, okay, we'll loan you money, but we're going to charge a 15% interest. Okay. Well, I don't want to borrow money. I want to put money in a CD. What are you paying? And he said, well, that's good. We're paying 9% in a CD. Now you have to look at banks like a business. So the banks pay you and I interest to get control of our savings so they can loan it out to other people multiple times. So the banks were willing to pay me 9% interest for me to deposit my money in their institution and then they would loan it out at 15%. So that was a 6% spread, 6 over 9, which meant a gross profit for the bank of 66 
and two-thirds percent profit. Greenspan, over the next 18 months, right into 1992, now you go back to the bank and say, Mr. Banker, I, I want to borrow some money. What do you charge? And say, well, boy, you're really going to like us because we're only charging 9% interest for interest on loans. And you say, well, I don't know if I want to borrow money. What is the CD rate? And the bank says, well, we're paying 3% on savings. So wait a minute. They're, they're willing to give me three to get control of my money and they loan it out at nine. Still a 6% spread. However, 6% over 3% is a 200% profit. And if you don't believe me, that same deal, 15 and nine, 66 and two thirds percent, same 6% spread. I come down here to the cost of three, but I can do it three times. So 66 and two thirds times three, it's still 200%. I remember and have somewhere in a box headlines in the Wall Street Journal, most profitable year in the history of banking. And that occurred for a couple of years in a row. And that was how Greenspan saved the banks. But I had clients who were savers, had saved money. And because of the drop in interest rates and the continued drop in interest rates we've had for the last 20 years, I had clients that lost 50% or more of their retirement income because of the savings rate. So. I guess that means the government bailed out the banks on the back of the savers in America. Maybe that's why not a lot of people save money. But all of this, this all fits together in what we're talking about. It's easy to look at what's going on around us and take a negative attitude and say, oh, what's the use? I'm never going to get ahead. You really don't want to do that. They're in, in the magic of thinking big, I opened a page up here. These are some, some phrases and, and, and say, competition has all the advantage. How do you expect me to sell against them? So it's a business guy. Well, competition is strong. There's no denying that, but no one ever has all the advantages. Let's put our heads together and figure out a way to beat them at their own game. So it, it, it's training our muscle, our thinking muscle to think differently. There's a whole bunch. Nobody, nobody will ever want that product. In its present form, it may not be sellable, but let's consider some modifications. So it, again, when you look at things happening in your life and things going on, it, it simply comes down to how you look at things. And again, it all falls back on the thinking muscle. This thing here between your ears is where all the answers are, but it's like anything else. If you want to be a master of Kung Fu or Tai Chi or, or some martial arts, does it not take hours, days, weeks, months of practice? in order to develop a proficiency at using that strategy of martial arts, the same thing applies to the thinking muscle. 
if I want to lose weight and, and, and become physically fit, I can't do it in one hour, one day, one week. It takes a commitment. There's the word, commitment to becoming better. And all my purpose is and everything I teach is, is so how important it is that, that our physical, mental, spiritual, business, personal, all of those things all have to come together and focus like a laser along with the financial. Because you have to grow you to truly reach your potential in life. And that's what this is all about, folks. This is the newest, most unique approach to the financial well-being that we are all searching for is to marry it together with personal growth. Physical, spiritual, mental, personal, relationship, family, business, all of those elements of your life. It is important to work at becoming a better person today than yesterday. Second letter of Paul to the Corinthians in the New Testament. He talks about, and I'm paraphrasing, he's saying to, to, to the followers in the letter, don't compare yourself to other people. Only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Are you a better person today? Have you acquired new skills today? Have you done something to better your position compared to yesterday? That in fact is the secret. Stephen Covey wrote about it in the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And that book, we're gonna do it somewhere in the future, in the next few months. But the, the, the seven habits, what's the seventh habit? Sharpen the saw. Sharpen the saw. It, it is what you have to do every day. You should be reading 15 minutes twice a day in a good book that changes you heart and mind and makes you a better person. You could do that in the smallest room in the house. 15 minutes twice a day. If you do that consistently every day, in a month you'll read a book. In a year you'll read 10 or 12 books. Imagine the competitive advantage you would have in competing with other people for a position at work, an opportunity that sits in front of you, or whatever you are attempting to do, your advantage would grow immensely. But it's up to you. You gotta make a decision. Get my new book, The Family Money Farm, The CFO Project. You can go to cfo-project.com, put in your name and email address, get a copy of my book for free. You'll get a download. You'll get an email with a link where you can go to that link and download my book cover to cover. Put it on your phone or your computer. You can read it there. Save you money. Go to Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can buy it there. You can send me a message through here, through this link, and we'll set it up and send you a, an invoice through PayPal. You can pay it there and I'll send you an actual an autographed copy with one of my copper coins, the magic coin. God bless. We'll see you here tomorrow. Remember, 
won't be here at noon. I'll be here about 2 o'clock, 2.15 tomorrow afternoon when they break. So probably closer to 2.15, and, uh, but we'll see you then. God bless.